It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Experience the magic. The summer carnival like no other. The star Gold Coast Magic Millions Race Day and Carnival. It's Magic Millions Radio with Chris Nelson on SEN Track. Good morning. Welcome to Magic Millions Radio on Thursday, the 12th of January. We're only a couple of days away from the big day. Magic Millions Race Day, Star Magic Millions Race Day on the Gold Coast on Saturday afternoon. We've got the sales still going, of course, and I'm going to be joined by uh, Tim Rowe from ANZ Bloodstock in just a moment. We'll talk all about the sales yesterday. Wow, was there some money spent at the sales yesterday? Uh, Tim did tell us uh, in the morning on yesterday's show that uh, the Zoo Star Solar Charge Philly would go over $2 million, would break records. Well, he wasn't wrong. $2.6 million for a horse. Would you spend $2.6 million on a horse? Some people would, some people wouldn't. It's an investment. Uh, Yearlong investments were the uh, the buyers. And the average price now has been pumped up to $293,781 across the sold lots of 320 have been sold exactly. You can ring that catch register a few times, Cohen, that's for sure. Well, what have we got on today? Well, we've got day three of the sales, and they kick off at 10 a.m. So right now the sales are kicking off, day three. And we have the uh, the Gold Coast Turf Club Calcutta dinner tonight, of course. Now, if you, as I said yesterday, if you haven't got a ticket, you're not going to get one. It's a sellout, but it will be a great night at the Gold Coast. If you do have a ticket, enjoy the evening. Uh, there'll be plenty of people there, a great atmosphere as it is each and every year. Now, as I said, top of the show, Tim Rowe from ANZ Bloodstock joins me. Tim, good morning. Morning, Chris. What a day it was yesterday. Yeah, it was uh, yeah, a lot of theatre in the ring. And yeah, as, you know, as we discussed yesterday, a filly of uh, her standing, the sister to Sunlight, she was always going to create headlines. And she certainly did that and you know, set a new record for Magic Millions and the equal highest priced Philly ever sold in Australia as wow. a yearling. Okay. Now, I was just thinking last night, uh, watching the reports and thinking to myself, siblings uh, siblings of sunlo- uh, sunlight or relations uh, to sunlight so far, how many of them, this might be a question without notice as well, how many of them have hit the track and how successful have they been? Well, that's, you know, I guess any game of luck or chance or... Uh, Solar Charge has been a sensational broodmare. She's thrown Sistar, um, who's a stakes winner, would have, well, Whitten and the, those breeders have tightly held on to her, understandably, and she'd be worth the fortune as well. She's got Sheikha, who's stakes placed. Um, the full brother made $3 million last year at the Easter sale with, you know, bought by Coolmore and the Colts Syndicate and in training with Chris Waller. So, um, you know, she's... She hasn't done it once. She's done it multiple times. And, yep. you know, even if this silly doesn't make the track or is no, you know, not a superstar, she'll be still uh, worth a fortune and her progeny will make plenty in the sales ring. Now, I see another one went yesterday for 1.6. Another I Am Invincible who's having a, a, an unbelievable sale so far. Yeah, he was uh, one of the talking or cults most talked about during the week, bred by uh, Bruce Neal's Crestfield and... 
Uh, bought by Coolmore, as we just touched on. You know, they've really invested heavily in Colts the last few years, spent a lot of money, and obviously they hit the jackpot with with home affairs. So they're trying to do that again with this cult out of a you know Group One winning sprinter by the champion stallion, um, you know, and a good temperament. And uh, so yeah, there's a there's a lot to like about him, and obviously he achieved the price to match. Just back to the uh, the solar charge filly. Uh... I've mentioned to you many times I was there when Sunlight was sold as a broodmare at the broodmare sales a couple of years ago, and I loved just sitting there, and you could cut the air with a knife in the room. The atmosphere was just so good, and you did mention the theatre at the top of the uh, the segment. It was, was it similar to that? It was like that. Clint, Clint Donovan, funnily enough, sold Sunlight as a broodmare, sold... Uh, Sold Solar Charge, the dam, and and now this filly yesterday. So, yeah, there was just silence in the ring for those few yeah. minutes. Um, there's a lot. There was multiple. There's four or five genuine parties on or above a million and a half. That's a lot of money. Gay Waterhouse and Adrian Bott were underbidders. Tony McAvoy and Calvin, understandably, you know, had a huge go at it. Went to two million. So there was a lot of people, you know, on her and yeah, but year long. Very hard to beat, and when they like a, when they want a horse, they're rarely beaten. And I guess from an industry standpoint, uh, it sort of signals they've bought a lot of mares, as you know, like Melody Bell and Away Game, Tafane. But they're really going to concentrate again on racing, so that's good for for the industry that and trainers and things that are going to have a lot of horses in work over the next few years. Now the average, as I mentioned, sits at two hundred ninety three thousand seven hundred eighty one. Obviously helped by that two point six million dollar sale yesterday. But how does that sit uh, in regards to recent years? Well, it's up slightly on last year's record sale, and there's been forty eight half a million dollar yearling sold so far, which is bang on uh, at the same stage as last year's sale. So it's tracking you know, very strongly. There's still a lot of people. Um, wanting to to be involved at the top end or the high end of the market, and you know, buy the the best available horses, and um, that'll continue for the next few days. The Colt Syndicates, apart from Coolmore, James Harron's only bought one. China Horse Club and Newgate have bought a few, but there's still plenty of high-profile Colts and and fillies for that matter to go through yet. All right, I've got my pen and I've got my catalogue out ready to go. Which ones we need to look out for today? Which lots? Well, let's start with what, 452s, an exceeding Excel filly out of uh, Sweet Sherry, who was a stakes winner. Um, she's a Bella Spree mare. She's really developing into a great broodmare sire, and uh, she, she's got a lot to like about her. So I suspect uh, she'll be going through in about 45 minutes to, to an hour. So she'll be, be very popular, I would suggest. Um, lot, lot 477, a written tycoon out of the Broken Shore, which makes him a half. Uh, brother to Shoals, a lot of people remember that mayor, Group One winner. Yep. Um, so, uh, written tycoon, you know, obviously the sire of capitalist and and uh, well, a few others written by and so forth. So, he's, you know, he's he's going to have a lot of appeal. And um, the other one would be lot five oh four, and I'm invincible. Cold out of a, a, a well, a grand. She's a daughter of uh, Moss Fun. We saw the. The uh, cold out of Moss Fund make uh, more than a million dollars on day one, and yes, yeah, so this is a, a grandson grandson of a uh, Moss Fund. So yeah, lot five oh four. All right, so four fifty two, four seventy seven, and five oh four. Just before I let you go, Tim, just looking at the uh, the size, I did say I am invincible. It had a great sale, twenty two 
I Am Invincible sold. Average price, $587,000. But that's not the highest average. The highest is Zoostar, helped by uh, yesterday's sale, no doubt. Absolutely, but he's he's had a lot of other good sales. As yep. said, James Harris bought a Zoostar Colt. Um, you know, I guess uh, Zoo Sane's been selling well. He's first son at stud, so I guess breeders and, and buyers and those cult funds are backing there. That's the, the sideline that's going to work over the next 10 years or so. Tim, thanks for your time this morning. As always, hopefully we can grab you again tomorrow. If you don't mind, we'll just wrap up the week. Uh, but really appreciate your time and have a good day out there today. Keep your hands in your pockets. Yeah, it certainly will. <laughs> thanks, Tim. Tim Tim Rowe joining us there from ANZ Bloodstock, as he has every morning this week, and he will be back tomorrow to wrap it up. And, look, there will be some more sales, of course, over the weekend. There's always a a big session Saturday night after the races, and no doubt there'll be uh, a lot to look out for in that particular session. All right, we'll go for a break. Come back from a break, and I've got a surprise Magic Millions Memories segment. Going to catch up with the trainer of uh, General Nadim, who, of course, was Bill Mitchell. Experience the magic, the summer carnival like no other. The star Gold Coast Magic Millions Race Day and Carnival. It's Magic Millions Radio with Chris Nelson on SEN Track. Experience the magic, the summer carnival like no other. The star Gold Coast Magic Millions Race Day and Carnival. It's Magic Millions Radio with Chris Nelson on SEN Track. It is Magic Millions Radio, and as everybody out there likes to know, I like to look back, or they know, I like to look back on Magic Millions memories from the past. And one of my favourites goes back to 1997, and it was General Nadim, who, of course, won the two-year-old classic. General Nadim's trainer was Bill Mitchell, and Bill joins me this morning. Good morning, Bill. Good morning, Chris. How do we find you this morning? You had the checkbook out yet? (laughs) Yeah, I have. Um, yeah, at the Magic Million, it's very expensive. Yeah. Um, but the, you know, obviously the the industry is very buoyant with prize money being so high, and all over the world, thoroughbreds seem to be uh, at a premium. But um, it's all good. It is all good. Uh, now let's have a chat about uh, General Nadim. Uh, you must uh, think, well, memories must be very fond. He was such a good sprinter, wasn't he? Sure was. Yeah, right from the get go. Um, yeah, he. We were lucky enough to get him in the stable because uh, uh, the owner was sort of literally knocked on the door of the Brisbane stable and said, "Oh, we'd like you to train this horse," which was how he got it. Someone had bought him in the ring, and then he had a cut on his knee, so they sent him back to the farm. And then when they went out there a month later, they decided not to take him. So that was very lucky for the owners because uh, made a lot of money out of him uh, both on the racetrack and at stud. But uh, he was a wonderful horse right from the get-go. He never went chinsaw. He was a beautiful horse, never grew a winter coat. He just um, never gave us an inch of trouble. And reading... Uh, uh, very easy to train. Reading online, $20,000, is that what they paid or is that the original price? Well, that was the original price. The, the syndicator guy bought it and then he returned it. Yeah. Um, because he had a nick on his knee and then when he went out to look at it later... He decided not to take it. I don't know why. No, neither so does he. The breeders kept it. The breeders kept it and put a couple of people into lease into a lease with them, and um, and uh, yeah, he won his first. He, he didn't get beaten until a golden slipper. Yeah, well, we we'll touch um, on that. I'll touch on that because I've got some replays to play as well. So you'll enjoy these. 
Now, his, yeah. de- his debut at Eagle Farm in November, he won by four lengths. His next start at Eagle Farm, he won by seven lengths. And then he won his, yeah. then he won his third start at Eagle Farm by 1.8. So what are we up to there? 12.8 lengths, cumulative margin for his first three wins. And then yeah. he heads into the Magic Millions. Let's have a listen to that. Current just okay. moved. They're racing now. Mega fun and high dock was slow to move at the start and the first to come out was Dance Beaten and it raced to the lead. General Adim is going fast, so is Raging Tyrant. And on settling down is Dance Beat in front of Raging Tyrant. General Nadim going up on the outside. My Halo broke forth on the fence. General Nadim's three deep down the side. Mr. Malibo off the speed with Oshday, followed by Wiener Special Dane out about four deep. Further back in the field then came Raphael Pride. They're followed by Mega Fun Emeralds off a long way back, Nevada. Sam Special Danes a long way back with High Dock, Carol Lovin, Bori. Up to the corner they come. Dance beat the leader. General Nadim's gone up and he's outside. China Express is up with that bunch. They're followed then by My Halo Break. Mr. Malibo, Raging Tyrant, Mega Fun and Special Danes a long way back. In the straight, Dance beat and General Nadim. The generals dash to the front. 300 to go. General Nadim got away from Dance beat. My Halo Broken, Special Dane on the outside. Dipper went for home. General Nadim is the leader. My Halo Break on the outside and Special Dame's coming fast, but General Nadim is in front with 100 metres left to go. He's got the millions, won the general, and home goes General Nadim to beat Special Dane. Third home is my halo broke, and then Dan's beat. And Billy did that from gate 13 of 16 with just sustained speed, really. Yeah, it, it really was, yeah. He was a super fast sprinter, and, and uh, yeah, I was when they were doing the barrier drill yesterday, I said, yeah, you can, you can lead, you can come from wide and win this race. I always remember him. Yeah, if you've got the speed, for sure. Yeah, now, for sure. Now, off he goes to Sydney. So he's after the Golden Slipper now. He, he wins the Todman. Uh, he wins that by yeah. uh, convincing margin, 1.3 lengths. And then he runs fourth in the Slipper. But if you're looking at some of the names in the Slipper, Guineas won it and Encounter ran second. You've run fourth, as I mentioned, beaten two lengths. Uh, thoughts yeah, on that yeah, run? I think he should have led. Well, we should have led that day. He, was, he had the speed to lead and he held him up. And I think he was a free-running horse. He was... Probably happier just just uh, just running, and he. I think if he'd led, he would have been pretty close to the money there. All righty, so off he goes for a break. He comes back as a three-year-old in the San Domenico. Let's have a listen to that. General Nadim is wider out and Sports is now getting a rails run. Addie Wynn made the bend a little awkwardly. She's still in front as they come over the rise tackled by General Nadim. General Nadim has raced to the lead at the 200 from Addie Wynn and then Sports encounter not doing enough at the moment followed by Regal Chamber but the General General Nadim left them standing and look at him go home. General Nadim is racing away and he brilliantly wins the San Domenico Stakes. Sports got second, Addie Wynn third. Now I'll show my age Bill and say that you could have got 15 to 4 that day. Pretty good price. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I've forgotten that. But, um, yeah, he was uh, he was very sharp over the 1,000, wasn't he? He was. And then uh, he continued on and won the up and coming. He won that by three lengths, yeah. beating Encounter. He won the Heritage, beat that, won that by three and a half, beating Guineas. So he's not beating any slouches yeah. here. And then he wins. No, the, no, good horses. Yeah, and then he wins the Stan Fox, and he wins that by a smaller margin. Uh, Brian York's doing yeah. most of riding, or all the riding uh, at this stage. Yeah. Uh, and then we go to the Caulfield Guineas. Now he's beaten there in the Caulfield Guineas by Encounter and Schubert in the third spot. Memories of that race? Oh, he got into a speed duel with uh, oh, that Daniel horse of Freddy. Attacked him the whole way. And... Yorkie lost his compass that day and uh, 
and uh, he got beat, but uh, maybe a bit stiff. I'd like to run it again, and we probably done, would have done things differently. But um, anyway, he got beaten there. Yep. So that's that's his two and well, it's not his two and three year old season because uh, he comes back as a three year old. Okay, so he comes back as a three year old in the Lightning. Now, within the two starts or the three starts in Melbourne, the Sprint uh, Treble, the Lightning, the Oakley Plate and the Newmarket. We'll get to the Oakley Plate, but let's have a listen to him winning the Group 1 Lightning and then two starts later winning the Group 1 Newmarket. Towards the flat rail and down on the outside here, Marcel Dienz and General Nadiam and Spartacus, the leaders now just in front of Can Grande. Then show no emotion, three or four further back, Alpha. And the widest runner down the outside rail is Flavor. At the 600 metre mark, and Natoise over on the flat side in front. Back to the grandstand rail now. General Nadiam takes it up now, a half length in front of Spartacus. One to show no emotion, a length further back, the grey Can Grande. They've dropped off Marcel Dienz and then Alpha and further back, Flavor. General Nadiam hard on the outside fence down of the 300 metre mark. Over on the grandstand rail and Natuaris keeping up. It's Natuaris over on the inside. General Nadiam down the outside. They're together. Three lengths in front of Show Now Emotion. Natuaris over on the inside. Maybe in front. General Nadiam is starting to pick him up on the outside rail. He'll get up the general. General Nadiam wins nearly a length. Natuaris. Inside the final 400 metres, General Nadim on the inside and Natoire fighting it out down there from Scandinavia. And here comes Catalan opening down the outside and singing the blues. Catalan opening over on the grandstand side, but on the rail is General Nadim clear down there from Scandinavia. Toledo finishing very well. General Nadim in front and General Nadim, I think, just won the new market from Toledo and Scandinavia. Deeper on the track is Catalan opening. So there's the double bill. What happened in the Oakley Plate? Oh, he ran crazy sectionals in the middle section. He, he got a bit carried away. He, he just went. He just went too fast through the middle of the race and uh, and couldn't quite finish it off. So he probably would have got a penalty if he'd won it. So he may not have won the new market. <laughs> yeah, only just won there, didn't he? Um, you know, things happen in racing, don't they? And sometimes it doesn't go. Just doesn't go your way. So um, a couple of times, you know, things just didn't go his way. But across the board, he had a pretty successful racing career didn't he and then oh, on to yeah. a great stud career oh yeah now just on the racing yeah. still he goes to doom and wins the carlton cup the group two carlton cup and then he runs around in the ten thousand. uh he's beaten there by chief yeah. de beers well it's very hard to beat chief de beers at doom wasn't it he slipped at the start that day he got further back in a race than he ever would have ever had and then he got held up behind him um in the straight but uh you know at least it gave us another dimension he uh he uh, he ran he ran super and on, on a wet track, which wasn't his case. And then after that, he only had one more win. Had a couple of placings, but he only won the one more race, and that was uh, that was after his transfer to Clary Connors, uh, and he won the Magic Millions Cup on the 9th of January '89. Yeah, yeah, yep. Not sure, not sure what we did wrong to get it taken off us, but. <laughs> um, uh, what can you do? You know, that's racing. That's a fair question. I don't know what you did wrong either. I can only see two defeats there in a in the Group 2 at Mooney Valley and the Group 2 at Flemington, the Emirates Classic, and he's gone. She's a pretty rough, uh, pretty tough, isn't it? Uh, what can I say? <laughs> I'll stay out of it. I'll stay out of it. No, that's okay. Now, Bill, uh, how long did you continue to train? Because I don't – was it that long after that? I know you gave it away quite early, didn't you? Oh, I gave him away. What year was that? It's about, it's about 16 years ago now. Yeah, so what, about 2007 or something? Uh, must have been. I'm not sure. You can still look me up on Riser. They've still got my last runners there. That's good because I was just commenting oh, yesterday. Yeah. I was looking for a horse the other day and uh, I couldn't find any form and I'd know I'd gone back too far. So if you're still on there, that means you're still a young fella. 
<laughs> yeah, I know. But when I'm in going to the races now, you look in the book and I'm looking back from my, you know, glory days where I might have had a winner. I've gone off the page. Uh, yeah, disappointing. Now, you had, you had Peter Moody working for you as a foreman in those days. Is that correct? Yeah, Moody was with me for 10 years. So, um, yeah, he was, he was great. He did a good job. Took, took, he was basically took the general wherever he went and, and um, you know, marvellous horseman and uh, was a great was a great foreman and went on to be a great trainer. And yourself, uh, you're in the bloodstock industry now? Yeah, we just advise a few people. I do some consulting. My son and I, James and I, have a business that buys and sells horses and uh, we, we advise a few people. Uh, um, and uh, we trade a few horses. We do a, quite a lot of business into Asia. Yep. Um, yeah, it's good. It's not quite as... Uh, all honest being as running a horse stable with 90 or 100 horses in it but um but uh, life's good can we give you a free plug for that at all is there anything we can do yeah yeah mitchell bloodstock um if you if anyone wants a bit of a hand to, to source a racehorse or a broodmare or buy a foal buy a yearling we're you know we're, we're there to help uh, my son james he's very keen to to get on, uh, improve the business, increase business, and uh, he's doing a great job. All right. So, so. Um, it's, it's easy to find us, Mitchell Bloodstock, uh, and um, just Google it, and you'll, and you'll, you'll find the, the contact details. Thanks, thanks for the plug. No, any time. Thank you for your time. We really appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed some of those uh, look back. Those, some of those uh, races in the past. I love going back, listening to those races. And he was a he was a special horse. He was so popular, especially in Queensland. And it was uh, was was great to chat to you, Bill. All the best. Cheers. Thanks, Chris. No problems at all. Thank Take you very care. much. Bye. Bill Mitchell joining us there from the sales at the Gold Coast, of course, the trainer of the great General General Nadim. Now. Just as I read out yesterday, just for any owners, they need to take note of this. For all owners and trainers with uh, runners on the weekend, they need to go to the Racing Queensland marquee in the main thoroughfare of the Magic Million Sales Complex. All ticketing will be available for acceptances from yesterday. So if you have a runner on Magic Millions Day, make sure you go to that main thoroughfare, the Racing Queensland marquee, because if you don't and you don't get your tickets, there's a big chance you won't be getting in to see your horse go around. So that's from Racing Queensland, uh, just keeping everybody advised there. We might go for a uh, news break. When we come back from the news break, we'll catch up with Adam Hamilton from Ladbrokes and get some updates. Experience the magic, the summer carnival like no other. The star Gold Coast Magic Millions Race Day and Carnival. It's Magic Millions Radio with Chris Nelson on SEN Track. Welcome back to Magic Millions Radio on Thursday of Magic Millions Week. Great to catch up with Bill Mitchell and some really good memories there with the General, General Nadine. What a great horse he was. $20,000. Unbelievable. Now it's time to catch up with uh, Adam Hamilton from Ladbrokes. Ladbroke it this Magic Millions Day. If you're having a bet, do so responsibly. Adam, thanks so much for joining us again this morning. Oh, mate, it's great. I know I'm handing over the reins to the best in the business, Tommy Hackett, to be with you all uh, all morning tomorrow. So this is my last hurrah before I'll see you trackside on Saturday, mate. I'm going to keep it short and sweet. I'm out of the sales. Yep. Great atmosphere today. Can't wait for them to get underway. But just quickly, on the two-year-old classic, the money continues for Sovereign Fund. Uh, I thought we all expected a little drift after the barrier draw, but $7 straight after the draw into six dollars now into five fifty. Equal favourite with the easing empire of Japan at five fifty. Skirt the law. What about the money for it since the draw? 
$11 into $7.50. Third favourite, Platinum Jubilee at nine, Royal Entrance at 12. And the drift on infatuation surprises me. $9 now out to $13 since the draw. So, so look, that's a two-year-old classic um, in the three-year-old. All week, our theme of discussion has been yellow brick, and the big money continues. Now a $4 outright favourite. Uh, Russian Conquest out to $4.60. Spiritualised despite the grandstand. We've talked about its, its want to get across in the lead. It's at $8.50. Hell I Am has had good support at $9. And Tijuana, a drifter, out to $11. So they're the big two. But let's have a look at a couple of the support races. I know you were keen to have a look at uh, at race four as well, where Scalapini's a favourite, Chris. Yeah, I am, Adam, because I'm very, very keen on Scalapini. I think this is a lovely race for him. I think he can settle in the first four. Uh, he jumped out on Tuesday, and I believe jumped out like a superstar, and the money looks as though it's pretty solid for him. 310 into 290. Mm. Um, in fact, 320 they gave at the very start. But, yeah, it's been uh, it's been solid. But 11-11 from a sort of whitish draw has been, um, been steady as well at 370. Bit of support for Hidden Wealth at $8.50. Ranges at 950. And then Rupertar is at $12 beyond, for Beyond Baker. He's going to be a, a pretty big player on the day with Infatuation and a few others as well. And let's go over to uh, to race nine, the Magic Millions Cup there, where we've got Emerald Kingdom has been a really good go, 550 into an outright $4.50 favourite now. Hollyfield next at 550, Oscar Zulu at 650, Vega one at nine dollars, and then we're out uh, to ten dollars or better the rest. So they're sort of the key races, and I mentioned yesterday. Uh, I've got to mention that my, my brother's all excited to come up to uh, to give it a big cheer for too much caviar. He'll be disappointed if I don't give him a mention and <laughs> um, too much caviar. Uh, last time I had a look, he's what about second favourite, I think, to to win the Sub Zero. So, do you give it a chance? Have you done the form on that one? Oh, I haven't had a great look at that race yet, but I look at it every time and think twenty two hundred metres. Oh, gee, this is going to be a tough race, but uh, I'll take any tip. So, if there's a tip there for it, I'll, I'll take it, Adam. But yeah, no, I haven't looked at that race yet. You, you, go on. $9.50 it is. And Skylab's drawn the grandstand 17. It's the easing favourite at $4.80. Big Boy Roy at six fifty. Too much caviar from 11 will be right on the speed, if not the leader at nine fifty. Chris. But just one of the many highlights on a magical day. Well, it is. And we often get uh, we often get some, some odd results. So not necessarily all the favourites that are winning. Just before I let you go, you mentioned Emerald Kingdom. I think if the track plays like it did last week, he's going to be hard to beat. But I've got one there, and I hope they do run on a little bit because Superium for the Hawks team, who have forked out plenty of money this week, they'll be looking to get some back, uh, isn't without a chance in that race, even from a wide gate, I didn't think. Yeah, well, there it is, and it's at $7. And what do they say in racing? Back the first trainee you see. Well, the first two trainers I saw when I walked into the sales John and Wayne Hawks, there you go. Well, I can back that up and say when I walked into the sales on Monday, the first trainer I saw was Wayne Hawks. So there you go. There's got to be something in it, Adam. <laughs> there certainly does, mate. Hey, you've had a golden week. Keep it up. Look after my man Tommy Hackett tomorrow, and I'll see you trackside Saturday. Chris. Look forward to it, Adam. Have a great couple of days. We'll catch up with you there. Thanks, mate. Adam Hamilton joining us this morning, of course, with the Ladbrokes Same Race Multi. You can multiply the excitement this Magic Millions Day. Terms and conditions apply. See the website for details and gamble responsibly. Now, we're going to go for a break, and we're going to come back and uh, replay Gareth Hall's interview this morning with Paul Snowden. He's got so many good chances in the big races. We need to have a listen to this. 
Experience the magic, the summer carnival like no other. The star Gold Coast Magic Millions Race Day and Carnival. It's Magic Millions Radio with Chris Nelson on SEN Track. Experience the magic, the summer carnival like no other. The star Gold Coast Magic Millions Race Day and Carnival. It's Magic Millions Radio with Chris Nelson on SEN Track. Thanks for joining us this morning on Magic Millions Radio. As I mentioned, in just a moment, we're going to replay the interview this morning Gareth Hall had with Paul Snowden on Giddy Up with Gareth. Uh, Of course, a very important man to listen to. He has three runners, and they are in the ones. We're looking at the Ladbrokes market here. Three of his runners are in the top five when it comes to the market for the big race on Saturday for the two-year-old. Sovereign Fund, as as, uh, Adam told us, has firmed right up into 550. Empire of Japan, who's got the services of JMAC, is also at 550. And Godfather is a bit of a roughie at uh, $23. So interesting times. Let's see what Paul had to say about his runners on Saturday. Paul Snowden's been good enough to join us here on this Thursday morning. Good morning to you, Paul. Hello, mate. How are you? Yeah. Hey, good. Thanks, mate. Um, geez, it's been a big week for Team Snowden. Not only have you been buying well at the sales, but you've got to prepare a big team there, especially for this meeting on Saturday here on the Gold Coast. We'll start off with Getty. We had a chat to Tommy Berry at the barrier draw there on Tuesday morning. Geez, he's exciting to ride. He's excited to ride this um, two-year-old cop by Capitalist on debut after um, he trialled really nicely at Rose Hill. What are your expectations with this debutant and the debutant race? Yeah, look, new race to the to the program. Um, yeah, look, he certainly trialled up well. Um, looked to have a, have a bit more in hand once he did. Um, you know, get it, get that sort of winning margin um, in that trial, and, and was idled down late. So, uh, I look, really like the way he's travelled up. He's, he's he's turned up here in great order, and um, no, looking forward to see what he can do. What do you expect him to be, or how do you think he'll jump from gate number four? Yeah, jump well, hopefully, mate. Um, he can, he can certainly. There's no going to be mucking him around. It's only 900, but he's got some really good natural gate speed. Um, you know, I just want to begin clean and just let him lay up where the where the pace wants him to. Hopefully, he's in the first three or four. Can Rangers fire up third up in the syndicate race over the twelve hundred metres? Main goal is preparation. Um, went way too far back off a very good tempo in the It's Me race at Canterbury, um, but in saying that, his closing sectionals were just absolutely outstanding. They were. Oh, the best of the race. Um, I know the horse is going well enough. Um, I know we're drawn awkward, but he'll be ridden to his normal pattern, which is up on speed on Saturday, and that's going to take um, take him a long way of winning that race on Saturday. Always had a big opinion of King of Sparta. When he finds a good track, he's got a lethal turn of foot. He was so impressive first up. Um, can he continue on that form in um, uh, the sixth race there on the Gold Coast on Saturday? I think he can, mate. He's, he was, he was, we took him up to Brisbane three weeks ago on purpose just to get a run under his belt and knowing the fact that he, he was fairly big in condition. Um, and to see what he did against those horses that have had a lot of racing, they've had they were three and four runs into all prep, um, to pick him up as good as what he did, um, you know, certainly highlights the fact that he's come back in good order. But I, I think just, just reiterates where he's, where he's at, this preparation as far as his fitness-wise goes, it was definitely going to um, top him off for this on Saturday. And like I said, I think it's done that. So um, the wide draw is no concern. He likes to he likes the horse to have a lot of room anyway. So I'm I'm very happy with where where we're at with him at the moment. 
got the two big guns and the two equal favourites and the two-year-old classic. Um, we'll start off with Empire of Japan. How's he travelled to the Gold Coast? And you happy with him? Very good. Um, you know, he's a he's a colt that's you know he could sort of early on he, he could have went either way, um, and I just think he's he's got the mental capacity to handle things well within his stride now. Um, you know, Breeders' Bait Day was just outstanding. He's resumed um, in a very good form race. I feel he was he was very good on the day. It was it was a massive track bias, and he was back in the ruck and made a good 600 meter run on him, being first up, and he just missed so. Again, taking good natural improvement. Three weeks between runs has topped him off lovely, and we're looking forward to, to Saturday. I'm excited to see what Sovereign Fun can do, but Carr will have to be at her best from that draw. Um, your thoughts about the gate, first of all? Well, he's in rolls forward anyway, so he's, yep. whether he drew one or 20, he's going to be in the same sort of position. It's just a matter of probably how much how much work he's got to do in the, probably the first, first half of the race. The first 600 will probably determine where he finishes in the last 600. Um, I've got a good feel on the horse. I've had him up here for the last fortnight since winning up at Durban, and I just don't think he's run his best race this preparation. I think hopefully Saturday that's it. But it'll just all be determined sort of how much of work he does do early. Now, we'll see how good a judge Henry Field is. Of course, the boss of Newgate and both those horses um, in the Newgate colours. He was leaning towards Sovereign Fun. Um, do you agree with him, Paul? Sovereign Fun, up to date, has been the, the push button and the, the tradesman-like type of horse you might say, um, this preparation. Um, and, the, and the bar just keeps lifting with him, just keeps improving into each and comes out of it, proves each and every run he's had. So, like I say, I don't think we've seen his best performance yet. Um, it's a shame that we've drawn that double-digit barrier. But, look, maybe he can offset that with the, uh, the good gate speed he's got. He can take up a forward roll. And who knows... You know, last week it was massive leaderish and, and find it, found it very hard for horses back in the field to make up ground. And he's just one of those horses that can make his own luck. So we'll soon see. What's your take on Godfather who's drawn gate 20 in the Classic? Yeah, hopefully, you know, maybe might be able to come across with the stable, mate. And same sort of thing. I think he's a little bit forgotten. He did uh, things a little bit upside down his second run against Empire of Japan back in Sydney. And... I've got to say that effort told late. Um, we've added a noseband to his gear, which has um, certainly had a big reaction with, with what we've seen at home with him. So he's not going to be that aggressive type you've seen at Randwick three weeks ago, but just want to see him come across and blend in in a, in a, a forward spot. But hopefully, you know, maybe he might be able to get a bit of cover if the field does string out with all this pressure. Yep, so... Um... Yeah, it's going to be a great race. Three wonderful chances there in the two-year-old classic. And then you've got Russian Conquest. We know she's very good. She's the favourite for the three-year-old guinea. She gets J-Mac. Um, have you been happy with her preparation ahead of the guineas? Yeah, very happy, mate. Um, it was just a bit unfortunate again. We just had to go back from a bit of an awkward draw first up at Gosford. And it's not a very forgiving track once you sort of turn for home. There's only, you know, just a touch over like, a furlong and a tad to the run home so you know we had to get back and circle and, and then finish and finish she did um, I think she did a great job just, just to get a narrow uh, slender margin uh, beaten by but just what she's done obviously second up in 1400 I think is a key she's definitely a seven furlong filly and I think that plays into her hands on Saturday It's always a good indicator I think sometimes we all know how good Russian Conquest is but you did pay um, over a million dollars for her three-quarter sister there on the opening day of the sales. 
Yeah, we did. Um, it's been by schnitzel. He's got to pay for it. So the schnitzel tax, they talk about the JMAC tax or any <laughs> tax, the schnitzel tax we pay. So, um, yeah, no, we're, we're all happy to get her. Uh, and, and mindful, I think she, she bought what she deserves. She's a, she's a cracking filly. And you now it's up to us to probably get the best out of her on the track, actually. What about the two-year-old race in Sydney on Saturday? You've got a couple of chances there. Figment, Atkins takes the ride, um, around $17 with Bet365. And the other galloper there, you've got the 11 Queen of Dragons, who our preview team, geez, they gave her a pretty good push after watching her trials, Dean Watling especially. Um, she's a daughter of Piera. Your thoughts there? Yeah, she's a full sister to uh, Paris Dior. Um She's trialled very well. Uh, she was supposed to run last Friday night and we got all that rain in Sydney, so obviously just scratched on the air, of course. She weren't prepared to run on a on uh, that sort of rain-affected track with her. I think there's a little bit of her to, to think going forward that you know she can sort of develop into a nice filly for us. So um, I think she'll run well. Um, looks to be good speed there on paper. With the other filly, Figment, she's, she's more of a, a probably a filly that we've had to teach her a little bit in her trials just to relax a bit and thought a second trial was good. Um, she's going to probably maybe sit three pairs, maybe a pair further back in this tempo or feel. And what she's going to be doing, she's going to be doing her best work late. So she's probably one for the future, but I wouldn't discount her running well late, uh, very you know, very strongly late in the piece. And Touristic and Forzanini both go around in the latter stages of that meeting at Rose Hill in races 9 and 10. Are they both each way hopes? Touristic was a victim of a... Of a a little bit of a bias um, on the same day as Empire of Japan. Just there was no drag on and sort of once you get past sort of three pairs back on the day, it was very quite evident that it was, it was hard for horses to get into the race and finish off. And he, he got a long way back and he did finish uh, quite well, at, um, you know, behind the, the, the first place getters. But, um, you know, I've got to say he's impressed us a lot since, um, since he's been here in Australia and, I think Saturday's a bit of a D-day to him as long as we can get a little bit of tempo and he can, he can blend into the race. He's certainly going to be strong through the line. And Forzanini, she's first up from a spell. All her preparation, all her life, she's found it hard to relax. She's a little bit more mature now. She's an older filly and she's certainly doing that a lot better. Um, same thing. It'll just determine sort of how much work she does early. we determine sort of where she finishes, especially being first up. But she's certainly going well enough to home, so she's going to run well. What's your best chance over the weekend, mate? Oh, I'll probably concentrate on up here and just seem to think that's sort of King of Sparta, Russian Conquest. You know, those two sort of put their hand up for us. Uh, very intriguing to see what Getty can do and obviously, the you know, the three three boys in the main two-year-old race, um, probably headed by Empire Japan, is probably our best chance. All right, mate. And, um, can you please send me your PT's number? i tell you what, I've never seen you look fitter, mate. So well done there and good luck over the weekend. There was Gareth Hall chatting to uh, Paul Snowden this morning. Great insight because they have so many good runners going around at the Gold Coast on Saturday. And one I didn't mention earlier was, of course, King of Sparta, who was very, very impressive winning last start uh, in Queensland. And he heads into that race uh, a lot fitter from what uh, Paul Snowden said. Now, if he's going to take improvement off that first start run, well, he's going to be very hard to beat, but he is a very short-priced favourite. All righty, we'll head for a break. We'll come back and wrap it up on day four of Magic Millions Radio. Experience the magic, the summer carnival like no other. The star Gold Coast Magic Millions race day and carnival. It's Magic Millions Radio with Chris Nelson on SEN Track. 
Experience the magic, the summer carnival like no other. The star Gold Coast Magic Millions Race Day and Carnival. It's Magic Millions Radio with Chris Nelson on SEN Track. That's 100% correct. Experience the magic at Magic Millions on the Gold Coast. Now, that's just about it for me today. We will wrap up with a few housekeeping items. Uh, vet checks, Sun Source and Mashani, or the Mashani Renegades, the other horse. Mashani Renegades been scratched. I don't have to worry about it. But Sun Source had some lameness issues, I believe, and will be vetted on Friday. And that, of course, is a runner in the Magic Millions. Now, if you're looking for something to watch Saturday morning on 7 2, you can join Gareth Hall and myself for a little while, but Gareth Hall all through the hour for winners. And that's on uh, 7 2, as I mentioned, Saturday morning, 9 a.m. Queensland time, 10 a.m. in the southern states or the daylight saving states. And also that is broadcast on SEN Track Live. So 9 a.m. Queensland. 10 a.m. in the daylight saving states. The lots we need to keep an eye on today, thanks to Tim Rowe from ANZ Bloodstock. 452, which I don't uh, think is too far away, 477 and 504. Tonight we have the Calcutta at the Gold Coast Turf Club. That's always fun. Good luck if you go in there. Tomorrow, Tim Rowe will join us again, and so will Tom Hackett, our good friend here at SEN Track from uh, Ladbrokes. And he and I will go through the form for all of the races. Probably take us about 25 minutes or so, but we'll look at all of the 10 races tomorrow. So looking forward to that. Some other news yesterday. Uh, Martin Harley had a fall at Doom, and it looked pretty uh, ordinary when he fell. He fell face first just after the start. He has a C1 fracture. Uh, he's in a stable condition. He's out for probably two or three months, but the long-term outlook is he will be fine. So that's... Uh, not good news, but uh, not terrible news for Martin Harley. Uh, he was down to ride Alpine Edge in the final race at uh, the Gold Coast on Saturday, who is favourite. Well, he won't be riding now, but they've got a pretty good replacement in J-Mac. So James McDonald will be riding Alpine Edge for Team Edmonds in that final race on Saturday. Now, Cohen, my panel slash producer yes, Nelson. operator, has been doing a great job. Outstanding, but I've got a bit of a quiz for you, Cohen. Now, you don't know your racing. I've given you the name of the horse that scratched out the Magic Million, spelled double O-V-double-I. How do you pronounce it? Uvi. Double O-seven. Are you kidding? That's the name. Oh, mate. So I don't know who got away with that one, who thought that up, but it's uh, very, very clever because I saw it too and I fell for the old Uvi as well. <laughs> you would swear that says Uvi, but uh, it does not. So there you go. Well done, Cohen. You nearly got it. Just wanted to stitch you up. That's yeah, all we've all You've got me there. Exactly. Make sure you join us tomorrow. Looking forward to tomorrow's show with uh, Tim Rowe and Tommy Hackett, plus much, much more.